Okay. Do you remember the finger snap? Oh, wow. The oh, high can school. you do that? Yeah. Wait, Wait, I can't do it anymore. Come on. What? Wicked. Wait. Yeah! Oh. Microphone. Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters and hello welcome to another episode of Buckle Up and Man Oh Man. The best word to describe my guest for today is definitely a force. Uh, she is a person that believes in the you know, betterment of society, a women empowerment. She's the founder of Womina, uh, a women uh, you know, empowering uh, platform. I want to sit down and talk to her about that. Uh, blessings and peace to the one and only Elisa Fraiha. Make some noise. How are you doing? Thank you. you Salam. How are you? How are you Bless you, Good, fam. dude. I'm Th so excited to be here. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. I know you have a you have a call like in like 20, 30 minutes or so. So mm -hmm. we're just gonna, you know, I really appreciate your time. No, are you I ready to buckle up? For sure. Now is the time where you can. I've been waiting for this moment. How you do it? <laughs> Can't wait to be safe on the road. Oh, bless you, fam. Okay. <laughs> um, so listen. First thing is first. I want to talk about that period of your time when you did bakery. Yeah. In, in in was it in Paris? Yeah, in Paris. So you're 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 French, Lebanese, American. I'm like a total Mashallah mix. Earthian. Yeah, I'm yeah. an Earthian. Yeah. Um, I'm Emirati, but Lebanese American. Emirati, Lebanese American. Wow. <laughs> and born and raised in Paris. Mashallah. Yeah. That bakery story, when I heard it, I was like, okay, did, did that is is that would you say is the start of your entrepreneurship kind of? Is that what led you to that? But tell us about that bakery kind of. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know. Uh, I mean, entre entrepreneurship in general was always something on my mind. So I, like, I you, knew I was going to start a business. Mm, okay. It was just so obvious to me. Like even okay. in school, I was, you know, taking those aptitude tests. They would make you take these career aptitude tests to help you, oh, you know, okay. see what box in society you would fit into. Okay. And I realized that you could tick any of the boxes and basically decide what the answer was going to be. And it ah. wasn't something that you had no control over. So I was like, well, there's no box for entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is a person who can make their future whatever they want it Hello. to be. Um, but at the time, I was You've really into baking. That? Yeah, always. Mm. Always. And my dad, you know, my dad, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He started a publishing him. company. Please. God bless yeah, him. Yeah. My uh, dad took it over um, and is very entrepreneurial. My mother is very, very entrepreneurial also. She's mm. like, she drops a product or a business like every other day. She's in yeah, Montenegro right now, oh, wow. starting a business. Wow. You're a family of creatives, and your brother. Totally, my uh, brother is a musician. My sister's a film yeah. writer, director, and actress. Um, so you know, my whole family is very creative, and I just knew that you could make it what you wanted. Um, mm. At that time, I was really into baking and making cakes. Um, I used to eat sugar. I don't eat sugar anymore. That. <laughs> toxic okay that is like really bad that's the worst drug on the planet um but at the time i was eating sugar and i think cakes and um i don't know if you watch on like uh cake boss yeah on the food network channel yes, stuff like yes, that. Yes, yes, so yeah. that stuff was really popular and okay. i was super into it okay um and i found the first american bakery in paris and wow. first american bakery in paris yeah okay and you have to make that distinction because in paris um a bakery is known as a traditional french bakery so you make traditional french pastries Sorry. and bread yeah. and it's controlled by the state so you cannot call yourself a baker unless you can make a specific baguette and you make these specific types of pastries and you get a certificate for that did you and do a baguette no because we were an american bakery ah. so my bosses were the founders of the company okay um it was also an all-female team mm. and they interesting. yeah actually it plays a, an interesting like, yeah. role mm, okay so they were um a, a 
two best friends who started a bakery after doing a, an internship in, in French baking. Mm. And they had to fight and essentially be activists to, to get the title of American bakery created so that they had the right to make those cakes in France. And we used to have like people wow. protesting, like not protesting, but people would come in yeah. and like cuss us out saying, what are you doing? This is not real baking. Wow. This is not like appropriate. What is this icing thing that you're doing? And all these tears and what? this colorful stuff. Like, oh, man. Yeah, so, wow. um, so it was cool. And I got really into it. And I mm. spent six months there making cakes yeah. um, and being a barista. So I can also do really good uh, latte art. <laughs> I, I mean, I think uh, that's amazing. Uh, I mean, I think the reason why I wanted to ask you that is because like I said in the in the intro, like you're a force, mashallah. Like anywhere I, I go, and especially when it has to do with investments, startup, you know, and stuff like that, your name always pops up. Like your you, your name, you you, you 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 know, you're always there. Thank you. you. Yeah, it feels like you really, like, how do I say that? You were able to break that wall and just make people believe in what you want with your passion. Thank Which, you. Yeah, and uh, you know, before I talk about Wamina, I want to know, like, what what's so pa like? For example, in my case. Um, I launched Saudi's first FM hip hop radio show because yes, I was passionate about changing the perception about how hip hop is viewed in the Arab world. It's Completely. not only it's not only handshakes and it's not only booty Gangsters, shaking. Yeah, it's haram. different. It's different than that, right? Yeah. That was my passion. With you, what was it before you start that? I believe you launched with Mina on November first, mm -hmm. two thousand fourteen. Yeah, and I actually I had moved um, to Dubai. Uh, November 1st, 2013. So it was exactly a year. Exactly to the day. a year. Mm -hmm. But what, what, before that, what led you, what, what made you so passionate about all this? You're empowering women, fam. You're empowering people, you know, human beings. You're affecting, you're changing lives. Thanks. And uh, there's an old Bedouin, <laughs> there's, no, there's an old Bedouin saying that says, which means a person uh -huh. or a human being that no impact has no life. It's very, so you're impacting. Yeah, you have an impact. You'd have to write it out so I can actually understand. <laughs> <laughs> what started all this in you? What sparked it out? I think the passion was always for entrepreneurship. So that, how do you for, define entrepreneurship? Well, that's the thing. So I hadn't defined it as entrepreneurship so, so conventionally. I think for me, it was the passion of being able to control what you did in your life and being able to, you know, empower people to live out their passions. I was just passionate about helping people. So yes. at the time, I actually moved to Dubai I was planning to move to Dubai, um, Abu Dhabi actually, mm. sorry, it's all good. Um, to open a, a bakery and, um, and a restaurant wow. with one of my best friends who was a chef. Okay. And the summer before moving here, I'd finished school and I was sitting down with another friend of mine and she introduced me to this concept of startups and of angel investing and the mm. fact that angels were people who could you know, put small amounts, relatively small amounts of money. Yes. I mean, they're large amounts to a lot of people, but let's say five, ten thousand dollars, which is usually seen as a very small amount in the investment world, and be able to actually help guide these businesses um, to be successful. And I, as a 23-year-old woman, you know, conventionally was always told that I didn't really, I wouldn't have value unless I proved myself. So I expected to go like down a corporate route for like 30 years, and then you prove your value, and then you can help people. But at 23, I realized nonsense, actually I think. nonsense yeah. and I could, let's say, get a $5,000 loan mm. from my family office, yeah. invest in a startup and work with a technologist who doesn't understand marketing when I understand marketing. And I had value. All yeah. of a sudden I had, I had a reason, you know, to really help them in a way, in a way to, to, to be productive and, and to guide them. And I thought this was incredibly empowering as an individual, regardless of gender. 
So we decided to come to Dubai and launch at the time um, an angel network and an mm. angel group to help other people connect with startups yes. and other people help entrepreneurs grow. Mm. I see that, like with which the, how, how you say it, how you say things, fam. For me, look, I'm not from a. I'm gonna sit down here. I'm not from a finance background. Me neither. Background at all. Me neither. Like, <laughs> Dude, really, I learned it on the yeah, fly. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. You actually went in this. You made a name for yourself. You made a name for women. And, you, and, and I'm just saying this, it's a fact. You, you guys can Google guys. it, okay? She, she's Googleable. I'm not going to sit down here and talk to you about finances because really, you can Google what she was able to do. But I want to talk about that, the human in Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. You, you were able to learn. That's a very, you really proved that you're passionate about it. So you got into it. You didn't know anything about it, I right? did nothing. Well, you studied PR? I studied, yeah, PR marketing. 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 I was a marketing kid. And now you're into, into the see And like, I, I stopped taking math. You know, I, I um, tested out of math when I when I went into college. How was that? So that was great. I, okay. I loved math, but I was so happy I never had to take it. Um, and I never did statistics or finance or anything like that. It was so foreign. Mm. If anything, you know, traditionally in the Arab world, men are the ones who are almost taken under the wing of the father. And my brother was like that. And my brother was kind of guided from my dad at a young age. Mm. And you know subconsciously introduced to the world of asset management even okay. though he's a musician yeah he's a producer yeah but he probably dope guy. check him out too super dope ice yeah. cream yeah at mr cream on instagram uh, yeah i don't, I don't know what the story with the with the name but yeah, later on <laughs> but he so so he because he's the only boy in the family was the one who was expected to take over Sah. the assets right and yes. to learn investment and i just thought that was unfair so i when I moved here, and again, I'm the youngest, so nobody really expected it. I started talking about all this finance stuff, mm. and God bless them. I love my family, and they've always been so supportive. Yes. But literally, you know, until two years ago or a year ago, I was still getting, Tabe, why are you doing this investment thing? Why don't you let the professionals handle it? And I'm like, guys, I've been doing this for six years. I am the professional that's handling this. I don't understand. Um, but it's tough, and I had to read a lot of books, and I had to talk to a lot of people, and, and you know, just get up the fear and I yeah. got they supported me by giving me a loan to be able to make my first investments so if somebody's watching us right now and you said the word fear yeah were you in the, in this process did you get were you afraid in, in venturing in? Yeah. did you feel like you Hell you're, like, yeah, I'm still you're stepping into you're stepping into territories that you know like it's it's like sharks right all over you you don't know who to trust sometimes it's very a man you know, a man's world it's a blah, blah. did that affect you because i don't i don't see that i don't see that because you're a man no i don't oh, see that you don't from feel you. that fear in me at all oh yeah I, I see i look at you i go like yo fierce force powerful boom. amazing boom no i'm terrified um i was terrified it's I good think- to know that you are <laughs> but i mean because you're a human being at the end of the day yeah you feel but tell us about those feelings well you have to put it in this context you know i'm walking into rooms where everybody is twice my age all male mm. corporate backgrounds oh my god um very monotone and have egos kind of the size of the burj khalifa hold that thought <laughs> perfect but see this is where you come and break the barrier you're coming yeah. in like you got the attitude you're like very you know and i don't see that in the corporate world i see very i know but that's what's Today amazing. That's why it's this. so easy. This is what's happening, and this is you. You come in, you're like, yeah, and you're like, oh wow, yeah, she moving, man. But that's what's so easy is it's so difficult for me to be corporate and monotone and calm and not move my hands. It's so difficult. It's so dope. what comes naturally to me? I want to celebrate me, that. Yeah, what comes naturally to me is to be 
colorful and loud and extemporaneous with my hands, right? And so... As the first one to say that word, buckle up, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Extemporaneous, yes. guys. Pick up the thesaurus. <laughs> Um, oh man! Okay. So it means when you like move your hands quite a bit, and that's an Arab thing. But Sorry. when I realized that, wow, like these people are innately, they're actually more scared. They're scared to step out of a comfort zone. They're scared to open up, to be that. heard, to speak their own voice. When you, when I was on panels, mm. you know, I realized I was already standing out. Like at yes, first, I yes. was very I, calm I and contained. I saw a couple of patterns for you, and I told you stand out. Yeah, be, well, first of all, I stand out because I'm colorful now. But at the time, like I would wear like a more demure, you know, maybe corporate dress. Like I cut my hair. I thought I took off all my bracelets. I thought I had to like fit in a little bit. That lasted about six months, and then I realized, you know, <laughs> it's uh, first of all, I felt bad for the audience. Okay. Because. <laughs> Like, voice of the people you are because no. I, I feel bad for them when I'm hosting and I'm seeing sometimes oh my god Wajum. it's so not fair it's such an ego game of these people sitting on stage speaking like this and not being honest they're not being authentic and so I realized man it's unfair for this audience who's giving us an hour of their day Sorry. or 30 minutes of their day yeah. and they're just hearing people repeat whatever the PR person of that company told them to say. So I owe it to them to be honest and to be authentic. And then I realized it was so much fun to shake up the panel a little bit, to be to, to start being outspoken and vocal and then having people next to me be like, oh damn, I gotta step up my yeah, game yeah, now, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and that happened in investment meetings. Okay. You know, at first I was coming in and I realized people were judging me like I was the intern or I was mistaken for a waitress or I was mistaken What? for somebody's daughter who was there to like watch daddy work. What? Really? Um, yeah. And then I you realized felt that or someone actually No, no, they would say that to me. And I and I realized there's power in that because you're being underestimated and I love being underestimated. Wow. Because y'all don't know. Like I, I mean, granted I had nothing behind me at that time. I get you. But I was I I learned quick. Mashallah, wow. So let them underestimate me, let me learn, and then let me come back and show them. But see, fam, what you said right now is not only a lesson in, in, in entrepreneurship or whatever, it's a lesson of life. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, that's what I'm saying. I, I learned that, like, the hard way. A lot of people listening in, everyone has their own path, and I think this is amazing. Does the fact that you come from different background help, like Arab, European, American, Does that help in like you breaking the ice with people, for example, or? Yeah, I'm, I didn't actually think of that before, but I, I'm, I'm sure my father's very charismatic. Mashallah, my yeah. whole family. I is see you guys on the stories, yeah. <laughs> amazing guy. Bless up, my dad. Yeah, yeah. Him. yeah. Um, My whole family is actually very outspoken okay. and, and charismatic, and um, so we find it easy to talk to people. But yeah, I think coming from you know an Arab background and an American background. I think you understand you're inclusive as well. I have to be inclusive, but I also have to learn to understand their biases towards each other. Sorry. And Sorry. I have to not be afraid to be my authentic self. So if I was in America and people were hating on Arabs, especially post 9-11, for example, yes. um, or I was in the Middle East and there's the, the war going on and they're hating on Americans, yes. I have to be able to just own who I am and not necessarily like hide that part of me. So when that comes up and something is I would say superficial as the finance space, mm. I realize that the fear comes from pretending to not be myself. And when I acknowledge and embrace who I am, my authentic self, my awkward jokes, my crazy colors, my, you know, um, stumblings sometimes, then it actually makes me more successful and kind of people appreciate me more um, mm. in that role because they know I'm not lying. So over the last six years, my reputation, as an investor, as a founder, as a 
women's activist, etc., is only there because the, the preliminary reputation is that I'm real. Because I don't mess with people I don't need to mess with. And inshallah, you remain real, no matter and what. For sure, dude. Khalas, I'm too far gone now yeah. to go back. You too. Uh, I, I, thank you. Um, I think what's really interesting is to, to hear you. I've emceed some events where it's like, you know, I'm, um, there's, you know, like a, a guy who has an idea and he's pitching to investors. Mm -hmm. And I try always to um, kind of let them feel like, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. This is your passion idea. Go with it. So one of the things I use is bandana. Like I, I'm not myself without the bandana. Nice. Right? So one time there was a lot of people all wearing suits and stuff like that. Come in and there's this guy who's really nervous, but he has an amazing idea. It's good for humanity. It's good for that. So I'm like, listen, man, I'm going to do something just for you. So I took up my bandana. <gasps> yeah, I don't know. I took up my bandana and just showed to the people, like, listen, I am not myself without wearing my bandana. And the people over here, they're not wearing my dress code. They're not wearing, but I'm going to, I had like a suit on and I wear my bandana on front of the nice. suit. Nice. Just to show that, listen, there's nothing that actually, there's no rules. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, there are no rules. You know, and, and which brings me to my next question for you when you are, um, when there are pitches going on mm -hmm. for you as Elisa, mm -hmm. what attracts you in the person other than the passion? Because I know you're very passionate. Yeah. That's, passion is important. Passion is important, but you have to make sure not to confuse passion with hype. Ewa, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. I think I fall into that. Okay. I personally fall into what that. What does that mean? No, when you said that hype and passion, yeah. uh, what's the difference between both? Because I believe that there's a big difference between passion and hunger. Mm -hmm. and, and also hunger and anger. People, people mistake both. For example, a lot of people think I'm angry the whole time. Really? Yeah. What? Because, you because, seem like the happiest person. No, because I'm vocal about, for example, hip hop, local towns, and you're like, you know? Yeah, but it's, I'm like, you're vocal about positive things. Yeah, but see, it's, it's, it's tricky. But with you, how do you define, what's the difference between passion and hype? Look, hype is fluff. Passion fluff. has, has... How do you make the difference? Passion means you care. Passion has knowledge behind it. When okay. you're passionate about something, you put in the effort to read, to learn your numbers, to understand the problem that you're trying to solve or the opportunity that you're going after from start to finish. So you're realistic about what your challenges are going to be. And you're not afraid to overcome those challenges. Hype is ignoring completely those challenges, saying, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be amazing. And we're going to change the world. And both, you know, can transmit energy, mm. but one actually has substance to it, behind it. Yeah. And the other, you know, has uh, just good vibes basically, which are, which are great in some contexts, you know, but not necessarily um, when, in a business space. When you give it, yeah, when you give it an advice to someone who just pitched, are you real with them at that point? Yes. That one-on-one -on -one interaction with the people looking? A thousand percent. Even if it means that you could be harsh a little bit? Yes, but I'm you, nice, but I'm harsh. Okay. I'm, I'm nice and I'm harsh. So I've had, you know, I've had teens that have um, come up to me wanting my opinion and they'll yes. present me with a specific business, for example, and I don't believe in, in the business model yes. for where they're trying to take it. But it's not for me to say, you know, this is bad or this is good. It's for me to say, well, what are you looking to achieve? Okay, well, the way you're currently going about it doesn't seem like it's going to actually get you there. Um, but it could lead you down this path. So are you aware that this is where you could go? Is this what you want to do? I hear you. Um, I'm not sure if you've asked this question before, mm -hmm. but it could be a bit provocative. Um, have you ever been proven wrong? For sure. No, someone proved you wrong. Oh, somebody proved me wrong? Yeah. Like you were thinking about something and then like, hey, 
I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna show her that my idea. Works. I mean, maybe not like specifically where they okay. come back to me and okay. they like target it, but I'm sure there have been entrepreneurs that I didn't choose to invest in. All right, that's why. Okay, are still around, have still grown. Okay, you know, are are blazing a trail. Okay, and you know, I'm super excited for them, but mm. I I wasn't a part of, of yeah. that business. It, it, it's exciting because you said something that really attracted me. You said it's not for me to decide whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's you, their life path mm, to choose. But you can maybe direct them or help them because you've done that before. You know. Yeah, I can give you know another example like an entrepreneur that I still to this day very much believe in. I think she's one of you know the the most talented and has some of the most potential I've ever seen in the okay. region. Okay. But. You know, she was in the early days of her startup. I was willing to invest in her. I even gave her an offer okay. and she accepted it. And okay. then things in her personal life went wrong or mm. started started drifting and her priorities shifted. And so her priority was no longer, I'm go- I need to be an entrepreneur, but her priority became, I need stability and I need to take a job in order to be stable. Mm. And she was so upset because she didn't want to disappoint me. Mm. And, wow. she, and and we had this conversation where I said, listen, the whole, I would like to invest, but it's only in you. So if you're telling me now is not the right time, yeah. then I have full support for you to say that. And yeah. whenever you do decide it's the right time, I'm all yours. Mm. Um, but but li- I'm li- investing okay. in the person. I like that. Yeah. Wow. So it's not for me to decide what their life choice is, you mm. know, as long as they're real with me and I'm real with them and I can trust them, um, then I think it's all, it's all kosher. Wow, <laughs> man! Um, what's secretly something that on your bucket list as as Elisa? What's something that you've always wanted to do? You're working on, but does it have to be work related? No. Oh yeah. I actually, I don't want it to be work related. <laughs> do you know what American Ninja Warrior is? No. Okay. Do you know? Okay. Um, do you know? Is, is there? Do you know oh, what it I've is? Probably seen it. For sure, you've seen it. So it's these okay. insane obstacle courses. Oh, okay. But they're not the ones like the mud course, Tough Mudder, and like mm-hmm. where you have to jump in the mud. Those I don't mind at all. But okay. they're these ridiculous, like Takeshi's Castle was an old oh, school one. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So okay. these kind of you like this? You like mountain climbing and stuff? Like yeah, that? yeah. I love rock climbing. Okay, rock climbing. Um, rock climbing. Mountain climbing, hiking also is, is really cool. But I'm more of a of a rock climber. Okay. Um, but. Women have 30% less upper body strength. Okay, physiologically, like physically, it's just a, it's a genetic thing. So okay. a lot of these obstacle courses and, and the ones I'm talking about are these big televised, um, ridiculous obstacle courses that are built where you have to like jump on this trampoline and land on like grabbing something I that's think, like an I inch think, long with I your nails. I know, I know, okay, okay, Or okay, like you have okay. to climb a ladder. You wanna do that? I wanna do those crazy things, but they're usually biased towards men really? because they favor upper body strength and uh-huh. they favor height. So women who tend to be shorter and have less upper body strength um, have a disadvantage. And yet there are some amazing women um, one in American Ninja Warrior called Casey Catanzaro, who I'm such a fan. And by the way, randomly Shout added Casey. me. Shout out Casey. Added me <laughs> on added Instagram. You. Oh, okay. Randomly, and I was like, what? How does she know who I am? I like, I fangirled <laughs> on the follow. We'll send her this video then. Yes, please. Um, but like these, okay. these, this girl was like, I don't know, she's like five seven or or shorter, and she's mm. a gymnast, and she was like the first woman to make it past um, the first stage, okay. or the, and the second stage, like just like after five seasons or something ridiculous like Mm -hmm. it was just so biased um and i've been now only since april but like really being able to prioritize my health and my physical strength again and so i'm trying to get i'm trying to get swole 
so I can like so I can do those crazy <laughs> those okay. crazy things that's, that's on my bucket list that's something okay I don't think I'll do a competition but I want to have the strength to be able to do that kind inshallah of crazy why not competition. yeah why not um, <laughs> okay I want to do a pull up inshallah um, okay so women empowerment yes that term yeah, I, I I have a love and hate relationship. Yeah, with man, everybody does. No, like seriously, I I, I, I talk to a lot of you know amazing sisters and some. Yeah, I don't know. Some of them feel, hey, listen, we're already powerful. I don't need no power from nobody. Yeah. Right. Some of them like, hey, feel like no, we're we have a problem and you gotta face it and we do need that. Yeah. Where does Elisa Freyha stand? So I actually watched the episode with Rana. Nawaz. Yeah, shout out to Rana. She's Shout actually one of the people that said that, like, you know. Yeah, she mm. said, and she's completely right. So she says, you know, a lot of the focus is on empowering the women, um, but the real issues are systemic, systemic biases. She so said, yeah. even if, okay. you know, my generation of men come up to me and say, but I'm not sexist, I'm not biased, I totally believe men and women can do equal work. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reality is that they're entering systems that are already biased. So you got to change it. From so the you have again. to change the system. Right. And my take on it is the term in and of itself if you think too much about it yes it means that you have to empower women and then people assume you have to empower nobody else or women are the main root of the issue but i don't think that much about it okay the term and the it's just like people who like overthink the word feminism yes so feminism basically just means men and women have equal rights equal opportunity it doesn't mean women are better than men no so women empowerment doesn't mean that women only need empowerment it means that Everybody needs empowerment, women specific. We're targeting women with our movement mm. right now. Um, so I don't think too, too strongly about it. I think there is an, an issue with a state of mind that okay. a lot of particularly younger women can fall into. And that state of mind is, you know, that I'm not good enough. They second guess themselves. Mm. Um, they don't have enough role models. They don't have the same opportunities to get to the same places as men and so they don't realize that the system is built against them so if they don't get an opportunity they think it's their fault but it's not so wamina and mm. i focus on empowering them sharing role models making them see it's totally possible like rana does with her partner she's sharing role models true and then we get, we're not even trying to fix the system yeah. we're trying to create our own system okay nice that makes everybody equal from mm. the get-go mm. so that's my kind of take on it I, I like what you just said. I mean, if you can't, you know, I mean, yeah. At this you, point, it's easier to make a new system. Do you think the system it. can be fixed? Yeah. Like, realistically but, speaking. Yeah, but it'll take like multiple generations. Okay. So that's why I'm like, okay, you do you. Um, and of course, the women that we help and the women that we work with are part of the system. So yes. there's a network effect. They will help other women. And then the more knowledgeable people are, the more open people are, the more people talk about these things, mm. the more change is going to happen. But until that change happens, I'm gonna just do my own thing. Mm. I'm gonna build my own structure and I'm going to make sure that we can create and provide those opportunities for people who are otherwise disenfranchised. More power to you. Thanks dude, power to the people. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um... <laughs> Have you have you witnessed in front of you uh, how Wimina was able to impact change someone's life? Yes. I know you do that, but maybe you can chills. highlight I get one. Chills. Yeah, because you know with the, with the, what's it with momentum as well. With momentum, I've yeah. seen the YouTube, are beautiful. Thank you amazing. so much. Thank you. But I mean, generally, <laughs> if you can tell us a story about you know some some someone that 
you saw in front of your eyes that their life has changed because of that. Yeah. Um, look, Wamina is the kind of the, the mother of the company, the mother yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. Womentum is the accelerator program and documentary series. Yes. And Womentum was the first kind of um, structured program that we fully owned, that we built to help get the top female-led companies, um, you know, investment and get them to success. Mm. But what's been phenomenal is, you know, I've, I've, I'm trying, there's so, honestly, Marshall, once the first so season many. of Momentum came and we'll out. And put, we'll put a link in the description down of that first season. Amazing, beautiful. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. And we're currently filming the second season Woo! and the startups are going through the accelerator. But, you know, there's, there's things. So one of the startups from the first season, um, was called Zilij. Zilij. Zilij, yeah. They're from Morocco. They take uh, plastic and yep. recycle it to be able to create paving stones um, and construction materials yeah, and also flooring tiles. So like those beautiful Moroccan tiles. Wow. Um, but they make them 100% out of plastic in a completely like uh, renewable, uh, eco-friendly, mm -hmm. less energy uh, wasting okay. way. Nice. Um, and okay. the two founders that were supposed to come uh, on the program during the first half of the program, which takes place in Berlin, mm. um, one of the founders didn't get his visa approved. So Probably. we don't take all female teams, right? All, most of the teams are mixed. I have women and men on for the founding teams and we welcome everybody, but mm. we just make sure the team have a, has at least one woman. Yes. Um, so the co-founder that was able to come was a 19-year-old called Huda. Huda. Um, and Huda became, you know, the the little sister and the darling of the entire cohort because it turns out that she'd never left her home country before. Uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff. So the first time that she left well, Morocco was, was, was for, for to momentum. pursue her passion for momentum. And, and as an entrepreneur, as one of the top entrepreneurs in the Middle East damn, at like, that time. That's the face you make. And yeah, like, damn that's, girl, like I'm so, I was tw 20 years old, like I couldn't, I was nowhere near that. So what th that was the first time it really hit me that what we do affects people because even if I'll, I'll give you another example also yeah. but like that was you know a physical thing where in front of me I had this girl who yesterday had never left her country today was in a different country not only a different country in Berlin in Germany like the most radical crazy creative place where she, all her system is going to get shocked she doesn't speak English very well Wow. so and she had to represent her business when she's usually the quiet one so when we went back to visit her in Morocco, Man, her whole team was like, she's completely different. She's, she had to pitch her business without her co-founders in English. How and she, she became, do? man, she killed it. She was so nervous, the whole cohort, she was very quiet, very calm. By the end of it, she was being sassy, she was cracking jokes. That's empowering. For me, that is the definition of empowering. It, was, it makes you teary in a way. Yeah, 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 Salah. it was beautiful. And yeah, beautiful. I literally hit me that like, no matter what I've done and and you know, this was something very physical in front of me where I saw the transformation of a person because of an opportunity that was created by myself and my team. And that was like, okay, my life is like good. Like I'm worth it now, like this stuff is dope. I don't even know if she realizes this. Um, and then, you know, that's on the momentum side, but even on the media side that we create, um, you know, Wamina creates media, we tell stories. Yes. Um, we tell stories of amazing women doing amazing things in the region, some creatives, some activists, philanthropists. And, you know, I got a message once saying, 
hi, like a DM on Instagram, basically okay. saying, hi, I'm a you know student at the American University of Cairo. Um, I just finished watching this video and I have to tell you that when I saw it, I just, I put my computer down, I stood up, I yeah, washed uh, my face and I decided to take control of my life. You got this message. I swear to God, I my cried. God. I cried, I sent it to everybody. I screenshotted it, I sent it to my dad, my my advisors, my whole team. Like That makes this, it worthwhile. Oh the, my God, so much. So these people are, are, are you know, are do, affected do you, by what we Lisa, do. Lisa, do you feel sometimes people just need that push? Like in that guy's case, or was it a woman, it was a woman who, yeah. who sent you that? All she needed was to see that. Yeah. She didn't need anything. She just needed that. That's it. It's so simple. Yeah. And that's the, the real shift. So, you know, Wamina started as an investment company mm. six years ago, five years ago. Yeah. And what I realized was that, you know, actually we were going about it the wrong way. We were making something too complicated. Oh, so wow. we were trying okay. to help teach women to invest. Okay. so that they could invest in startups yes. and because as Rana said also you have diversity on one side of the table you're gonna have diversity on the other mm. so because we had women investing we were naturally gonna get more women invested in without trying so. because we thought women entrepreneurs were already being taken care of what and, changed well we realized after the five years that that was a lie um, and that most people talk the talk but they don't walk the walk mm. so you know we we basically said you actually we're going about this so difficult like we're trying to get more women invested in so that they can be successful so they can be role models so they can tell their stories so other women can be inspired when we just have to literally find the ones that are already killing it have them tell their stories and use the platform to inspire others and the fastest way to change someone's perception or stereotype yeah is by confronting them with the opposite of their belief I do. you know if they're scared of arabs show them a nice arab yeah. Like that's it's that simple. If yeah. they think all Arabs look a certain way, yeah. or all Emiratis guys yeah. look a certain way, yeah. then guess what? We don't. Yeah. Thank you. There's diversity everywhere, and so, you just have to show them that diversity. Like I'm sure when you tell people you're Saudi. Yeah, a lot of people get shocked. I get like asked for the you know the GC, <laughs> the GCC areas. Yeah. And the, and the, and the, when you go to Emirates, GCC yeah. Area. Sir, here, I'm like, sir, oh, oh, Saudi, oh, Saudi, okay. Here. I know. So it's always a problem. But yeah, I mean, we're all one. Then I we're get all it. one. And um, so you just have to confront their biases. Lisa, what's the, I, I, by the way, I thank you for being so honest and passionate. This is really, has inspired me personally, fam. Seriously. Thank keep, you. Keep doing you. Don't, don't change. Um, <laughs> but what has been the most difficult thing that you went through as a person? Because you, you, you seem very, obviously, positive, energy, passionate. People see that. Has the end been time where you were like really, oh man, it's difficult. Like I, I don't know if I can continue this. Yeah, Look, family support play a big role, I think, in in your life and upbringing. Yeah. But you, as Elisa, did you ever pass through that? Yeah, of course. I mean, look. And how do you tackle that? Um, I, I think every founder can own up or should own up to the difficult times that mm. they go through. You know, we all deal with our own bouts of of depression or anxiety that's linked to the work we all deal with self-doubt we all deal with with burnout um, we try to avoid it we deal with burnout because the first thing to go when you're starting a business is self-care yes is eating well and going to the gym and seeing your friends and your loved ones um, so you know I think that that's pretty standard and I wouldn't say, that's very difficult and it's long-standing but um, you know you went I through that 
Uh, yeah, of course I went through yeah. that multiple times. And and I actually, I had a co-founder when I started this business. Mm. And a few years ago she left because of differing visions. But there was, you know, I would say a majority of the time that we worked on the business, yeah. we were at conflict. Okay. And once she left, um, you know, it was freeing, but at the same time it was absolutely crushing because I had given it everything that I possibly had and so had she to figure out how we could make it work but it just wasn't and it was so toxic. It's part of the whole process I believe. It's like a divorce, you know what I mean? I get it, it's but like, it's part of the process. It's part of the process yeah. and then the doubt of she was the more like financy business one yes. in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So could I continue a business? What the hell I was going to build? The original path we were on was no longer the path we were going to be on. Yeah. You know, what did I want to make of Wamina? And and could I do it? Could I figure out what I wanted to do and then actually do it? And and I can tell you now that I swear to God, like one of the most difficult times, my team almost left me. Mm. If you want to watch some real tears, you can watch the last episode of Momentum Season 1 because I'm bawling my eyes out because I didn't know that I could get there. And if shout out to your team, by the way. Shout out to my team, I swear to God. my Ama- Amazing team. My Womafia. Um, Womafia. No, my Womina, nice. my Womina boss ladies, like they are my rocks and they stuck by me. And not only did they stick by me, but we were able to attract like doper and doper women. And I keep getting shocked that my team is so cool. Like they're so passionate about what we're doing and they're so hardworking and they've built and conceptual, like I've just given them the platform to do it, you know, and mm. allowed them to be the best, their best selves because each one of them is almost an entrepreneur in their own department. Wow. And they've built momentum that that was successful and we had a web series and we had a, an accelerator and that happened in the span of a year when none of us had experience in either. But you got the passion. But we got the passion and we had each other and we like made it happen. It sounds so cheesy, but I love you, I love you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this is this is just uh, really fantastic. Um, Thank you. Uh, okay, we can still have like we have time. Se- seven more minutes. Um, do you think that every one of us gets their own story, success story in a way, or do you believe that, or some people are just halas going to be failing, or is that failing part of the success? How do, what's success to you, Lisa? Man, success is like self-satisfaction. Success every is every being single happy entrepreneur, everybody says that, but really? I don't. Yeah, but I don't really. I don't get it. I, I had Raj Kutecha the other day on mm-hmm. on the show, and he said the same thing. It's like it depends on you. But I'm like, okay, let's let's just and he cut down the, the barriers. What does that mean? Like what success? Okay, if if I feel I'm successful, mm-hmm. I'm successful. Yeah. Even if I'm viewed by the others, that's life. Because no, it's not. It doesn't matter because the goal is to stop caring about what others think. That's for you. sure. So that's one. So if others don't think you're successful, but you're chilling. Beep that. That's it. Some yeah. people, for example, will hate on women for leaving their job to go take care of the kids at home. Yes. And to take care of a home. That is tough work. You're like managing, you're basically managing a mini business with, you know, uh, a team that is totally unreliable. And yeah. like that in and of itself is respectful. So it's something that I you can, you. you know, if she is proud of the work that she's doing or the way that she's passing That's her time, success. then she's successful at life. Most people live life miserably. Most people live life unsatisfied. Most people can, top CEOs, Michelin star chefs who have three Michelin stars, maybe they lose one, 
Mm. That's it. Their life is over. They're mm. not satisfied because so much of their self-worth is based on other people's perceptions. Eesh. And the biggest life lesson is that you got to just Drop be the mic happy right with there. yourself. Yeah. Thank you. I love <laughs> I love that. See, I love what you just said. Oh man. Okay. Um what kind of music do you listen to? Other than, of course, shout out to your brother. You yeah, know, shout course, out. Yeah. Ice Cream is on my playlist yeah. all day, every day. Yeah, Sound Snobs, Troy Boy. Um, Talking about Ice Cream, what's your favorite song for him? Oh. Or like, oh. what's the production? What? Uh, I like the project he did it with Majid. Majid is somewhere. Majid right? was yeah. good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, look, one of my brothers, watch out. Boof, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my brothers, um, one of my favorite songs of my brother is actually a song called Listen. It's a Listen. very vibey kind of jazzy track um is this the one yeah you vibe to that this is it oh because he was a saxophone player when we were kids he was mm-hmm. so okay. he can actually play that if he wanted to um but i feel like this brings in some like deep house kind of stuff some smooth how would you jazz. sum them up in one word ice cream bounce Bounce. Watch, listen, it's good. Come Let's back go. to it. It's so good. He's really eclectic, you know. He's got different flavors of scoop. We're walking by Baston Robbins, they got 31 flavors. My brother's got like 31,000. <laughs> oh, wow. Have you seen him produce? Of course. I've produced songs. I've been in songs of his. Really? Which ones? I won't say which ones. Oh, wow. Ones. <laughs> They're the good ones. No, I'm kidding. No, because I, I used to do slam poetry. So I love hip hop. I grew what? up with hip hop. You used to do brother. slam poetry? Yeah. And slam is very easy to. Do you see what I'm talking about, rap? Oh wow! How'd you fall in love with hip hop? What, what is it? Because for you? of my brother. So okay. he controlled the radio on the way to school every nice. day, um, which meant that what, we. What grew did up, he play? Uh, too short, naughty by nature. Oh. Um, my mom's from California, so we love West Coast rap. So yeah. we're like Tupac, uh, N.W.A., Dre. Oh, wow. um, you know. We're big fans of the West Coast hip hop scene. Naughty by nature, yes. Naughty sir. by nature, if anybody knows. Mm. Um, kind of fell off the map a little bit, uh, mm. but but you know, from hip hop, I think I I developed a passion for so many other things. So have I've, you ever used hip hop in a, in a pitch or always? Like, really? Yes, all oh, the time. I used to introduce some pitches with like um, catchphrases or like what? Uh, yeah, or lyrics <laughs> from hip hop songs to make really? it more interesting to entrepreneurs. And how? Um, what's so like Biggie right? is like Biggie is like a, a, a an entrepreneur actually. If you listen to a lot of Biggie's music, yes. Um, I can't say one of the verses right now, but like it was all a dream. It was all a dream, um, yeah. and. And the guy's talking about the real hustle. All of them are entrepreneurs, right? Granted, a lot of it is like dope and like on the streets and stuff. But these guys made it from, from, you know, nothing to something. What's the reaction of the people when you say that? They laugh. I mean, these are awkward jokes that I make because they're so used to being so stuck up sometimes. Um, So I shake it up with some hip hop, some hip hop in there um, and it works. Mm. But, you know, I think to me, like I, one of the best concerts of my life, I just went to go see, it was a bucket list you're talking okay, about? Okay. Um, the Roots with Mos Def on wait, the mic. Wait, wait, wait. What? I know! What? What? I gotta, I gotta go sidetrack. That's the last concert I just went to in Berlin a month ago. Yassine Bey, The Roots. Oh Yassine Bey, God. The Roots. How was that? It was amazing. Yeah. It was insane. I, I was on such a high, I mean, it was one of the most uh, incredible kind of musical experiences I've ever gone through. Um, and. You know, so most of us were familiar with the roots, yes. but we had a couple younger, I would say, millennials, yeah, like yeah. 
27 and under who are completely unaware of who the roots are or who know them through Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Which shocks. This is like, I, I mean, pe- Black Thought is one of the most underrated, I think, MCs, the, the, the oh, rapper. That a thousand is, percent. Yeah. Um, a thousand percent. Mm. And then if you, you know, there's, there's, it's interesting to see the history of hip hop that came from things like blues and jazz. Of course, of course. And I love the blues and mm. I love jazz and I got into Motown and th- that's kind of the type so, of music so that I listen to. So with Elisa Fry, how we can talk top MCs of all time? For sure. So who are they? Oh, okay. So I think Eminem is up there for me. Nice. Um, and actually linked to Eminem would be Kendrick close yeah. by. And I know that Eminem was like an inspiration to Kendrick yeah. at the time. Mm. Um, but Yasin Bey is up there too. Um, oh, no, no Tupac and Biggie. Listen, <laughs> I, I love them as symbols. Here you are. But as pure lyrical kind of talent, I think Tupac is next level for sure. Yeah. Because the guy was so well read. And he had a way to bring in such complex thought to the people. And, and you know, you're listening to Tupac, you don't even realize that you're actually like listening to Socrates, you know, and he's repeating wow. thoughts Sah. from these philosophers of thousands of years ago in yeah. a way that's so relevant and so street. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I think actually Kanye is super talented also. Oh, Kanye. Um, I don't know about the new Kanye, the old Kanye. His attitude College is dropout, terrible. Maybe. College dropout Kanye. Yeah, yeah. Or, or okay. even watch the throne Kanye. Yeah, man, yeah. You know, yeah. um, Wow. I don't. Okay. Uh, well, Hermes a versus sophisticated we, ignorance, yeah. right? My curse is in cursive. Like, that's so beautiful. It's just, po- like, you just, it just sounds nice. Like, what, it's just. What can we find in your MPC player uh, other than, obviously, oh, hip hop? Is there anything else, like, for maybe? sure? Um, so, I have actually, I've been, I love um, kind of uh, like Afro jazz and ah, ethnic folk, and I've been yes. experiment. Like, a lot of the music I'm listening to is in languages I don't understand. Can you give us a name? Um, oh, I can't even pronounce it, but uh, Jorge Ben, for example, okay. or uh, okay. Cesa- uh, Cesaria Vora. Okay, we'll check that um, out. They're, they, they sing in Portuguese. Nice. And there's this beautiful kind of um, jazzy okay. uh, tone to it. And okay. anything that's kind of, uh, that has some disco beats or some interesting percussion in the background. Nice. But that is in Arabic or in uh, cool. in, in you listen to Arabic Yoruba. music? <laughs> Arabic music? Not that much. Okay. Not that much. Although I was just introduced to um, Mozart in Arabic. Huh? It's an, I highly recommend it. It's a, it was a production that was put on in, back in 1997 okay. of um, a Mozart opera. And the songs are sung in Arabic, but the same melodies. And the music has been Arabized. So it's called Mozart the Egyptian. Um, I gotta check that out. Yeah, and so you'll have the traditional kind of uh, orchestra playing, but you'll also have the derbeke playing in the background. That's beautiful. Yeah. Man. So I gotta send cool. you some Arabic alternative please, music. Please, please do. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's a big kind of like Egyptian hip hop scene yeah. going right now. There's a big Arab hip hop uh, scene, really. Like Girl. it's. Uh, uh, you know, it's different than the obviously the booty shaking, the yeah. uh, the pop music, which is like hundred percent about and you left me. And you know, seriously, it's a pop world, right? But these guys are singing. Actually, the mainstream media doesn't want the Arab rap to really succeed. That's another topic. Why? Because they're saying something that are, you know very powerful up there. They they want you to still be like with the. With all due respect also to pop artists, but it's only one mm. dimension. Like I love you, you love me, you. Yeah. you but, 
But love, life is different than love. There's more things, obviously. And you could talk about love in a different way as well. Yeah. Social issues, community issues, political issues. Yeah. yeah. But so they're afraid to push it because these guys are saying something actually meaningful. Yeah. Um, but before we drop you off, I, wanna, I had a question for you. How do you define uh, procrastination? Because <laughs> a lot of amazing artists that I see, I'm talking artist-wise, they procrastinate. They, yes. How do you, for you? I was, I'm a, I'm a Did you fall terrible into procrastinator, yes. How? You? Yes. I That's was the worst. I was the person who like wrote my essay, you know, in the hour before it was due. Like, and, and, and I would not, stay well, up all night for nine hours okay. saying I was going to write the essay and mm. not sleep and and sit there and then okay. just procrastinate and go do my nail, like paint my nails or like go make a cake or go watch a movie or yeah. go and just keep pushing it because I, look for me, procrastination and, and still to this day, I procrastinate on things that um, I'm not excited to do. But as a founder and as an entrepreneur, you have to do so much that you don't want to do. Mm. So you got You learn to just suck it up and get it done. Okay. Um, Sorry. Is there this, a way right here. not against the road? Yeah. This okay. way. Did you go in through here? Yeah, we went through Ooh. here. I'm like, woo. And, Bad boys But then it's like, yo, 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 there's no cameras. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. I didn't want to miss that. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, you take the first right and then the second surface Okay, cool. Road. Got you. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, look, procrastination is, is giving in to not doing what you don't want to do. You're being spoiled by procrastinating. And at the end of the day, if you really want to be able to to get to a level and live your truest life, you can't always only do the things you love. You can follow your passion and follow what you love, but there's so much bureaucracy and there's so many hurdles that you have to end up, you know, doing some things that you find difficult. So to this day, I absolutely hate mm. Excel. I still have to, to do day. the financial modeling for my business. Mm. And I I learned financial modeling on the fly at Next Service Road. Nice. Um, or, you know, like the, the way I used to have to do payments, for example, um, to pay salaries. Yes. Used to take like five or six hours on its own. So when I knew at the end of the month I had to pay salaries, I was like dreading it, yes. But I had no choice because I had people that were dependent on me. Okay, okay. And what I realized my hack was, was if I'm the only person I have to please, then I give myself slack. But if there's other people on the other end, I will never want to disappoint them. And so I end up doing a lot of things that I don't like to do when I when they need to get done because there's somebody else that's dependent on me. Wow. That's like going to the gym. I have to have a trainer, mm. right? I can't procrastinate going to the gym. I can't go late because the guy's there at 8 a.m. waiting yeah. for me. Um, okay, so two things I want from you. Yeah. A message to your team. Yes. If they're watching this, what do you tell them? So I, I love you girls, man. And Karim, we got to do it on the team too. Uh, but I love each and every single one of you. So Dulce and Hadil and Mary Stewart uh, and Samira and Christina and Amira and Farida. Man, mashallah. <laughs> my girls and Tiara. Okay. My girls are, are everything to me. Mm. Um, and, and even Karim, who's come and joined the team recently, like... They've just been so supportive and they've been supportive with me and understanding with me as I've gone through my own personal journey. Like I haven't hid, I haven't been hiding that from them. True. So we're all, you know, in this together. Nice. And like, we made a web series, guys. 
<laughs> we made a web series. We have an accelerator, yeah. and I'm gonna buckle up with big us. Oh man, and blessings. Well, Real yeah. things. Oh man, uh, another message to your family. I love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting me and for giving me kind of all that energy and the 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 belief that I needed. Um, even in times when you didn't actually believe it, you knew that you had to give me that belief so that I could accomplish the best. And nice. your your pride in me is is what I what Fa I live for. Family comes first for you. Family very much comes first. Yes. Nice. Uh, last message would be to somebody who is watching this. He has an he or she has an idea, but they really they don't they they didn't find anything to believe in it. What? How would you tell them a message that can inspire them to dig deeper and and go? Actually, if you don't believe in it, don't do it. That's it. If you don't believe in it, don't do it. Only do what you believe in, and that goes for everything in life. But if you want to be a founder and you want to take even if jump, no one else believes in it, believe in it. It's if you believe cliche, in it, I know. Yeah. Khalas, but do it. Uh, and listen, an, an entrepreneurial idea and an entrepreneur is somebody who clicks with an opportunity or with a with an idea and and can't think of anything else but to materialize it. Every single thing on this planet came from somebody's mind, from an idea. So you can do it. You just have to believe that you can. That's literally the life hack is if you believe that you can do it, you can do it. And maybe there's certain skills that you can't physically do, but other people can. And if you believe in it, you can build a team like I built a team and, and make something do your own thing. Amazing, dude. Yeah. Like yeah. you can convince them to believe in the same thing that you believe in and, and make it a reality. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have ended it. Thank you so much for your time for that. Thanks. Really, it's been amazing watching you talk and listening to you talk because for me, it's been um, it's been a tough journey as well. Like just launching hip hop in Saudi. I've been called, I can only I've been called an infidel. And I really, like what she's saying is, is right, guys. It's true. My people call me infidel, kafir. Like, you know, like, and, I'm, and now they're calling me, oh, amazing. But that was like on the span of 10, 11 years, you know, and mm -hmm. this is just really just remarkable. You'll have doubts. You'll, you know, the, the, how do I say this? The prophet, peace be upon him, had doubts, had yeah. doubters. You know what I mean? Like, so like for me, I think it's kind of stupid to think that you will have no doubters sometimes. You know? A thousand percent. And you, can I, you'll have, yeah, go ahead. I want to add an interesting story is the prophet himself had doubters his first believer was who his first believer mm -hmm. uh, Khadija his, yeah was his wife yeah and Khadija of course was a boss lady yeah. like she 100%. took over her dad's caravan and legend oh, yeah, has yeah. it like she grew it to one of the most successful in the region and he was supportive of that he was supportive he wasn't, of that he wasn't you know, like what the stereotype is, like a man, I don't know, but he was supportive of he, her. He loved her and There's he was younger than her. Mm. And not only that, he's actually, he was her third husband. Sorry. She was his first wife. Yes. And Khadija, because she was the more financially successful in her previous relationships, she actually was an angel investor and would invest in wow. her husband's entrepreneurial endeavors. So she was a person who believed in others, who supported others. And when, when, when her love and when her partner, you know, got this message, she was the first convert. Wow. And it's this incredible story of, of empowerment in the Middle East, in Middle Eastern culture, in Islamic culture, that, that shows really the, the strength of, of the balance between men and women being involved in, in true change. 
Yeah, I can spend 10 hours with this girl. For sure. Amazing. Your social media handle right here for you and Wamina. Uh, yeah, at Freha, F-R-E-I-H-A, and at Wamina. Um, and on Twitter, it's Freha-ha-ha. And uh, at Frey Wamina Co. <laughs> Freha-ha-ha? Yeah, Freha-ha-ha. Right. Okay, nice. Because uh, we're funny. <laughs> we'll put that here. But Thank- we're at Wamina on everything. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Check them out, guys. Thank you so much for being who you are. Thank stay, you. Stay real. Thank you for being who no, you seriously, are. No, seriously, big up. I'm not just saying and that. And thank you for being who you are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think the first time we met, I was just saying, wow, amazing hair color right there. Like, wow. Like, you right. know, and I was like, you know, I found out a lot about you. Shout out to the Dukan guys. I know they're, you know, very supportive. And yeah. um, I've, I've, I've actually listened to your podcast with them. And I think... Uh, they're amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. Shout out to them, man. Dukan you know? show. Yeah, yeah. Brothers and sister. Um, amazing job really keep doing what you're doing fam because you are impacting other people and we talked about that I, I hope you enjoyed buckle up and yes. peace and love I don't want to make you late for your call thank you I but do yeah. have to jump on a call right now <laughs> thanks care. dude Take thank care, fam. you peace and love like and subscribe assalamualaikum yeah.